0: God, I thank you. We worship you this morning. We give you all the praise. We give you the glory and we give you honor. We thank you, Father, for all that you have done in our lives, all that you are doing and all that you are yet to do. God, we just want to say thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the destruction of yokes in our lives the removal of burdens right now in the name of jesus if you're sick in your physical body i release healing over you right now in the name of jesus i decree and declare with your life right now in jesus name that you are healed by the stripes of our lord jesus by your blood by his blood you are redeemed in jesus name and he is touching you right now wherever you are and he is driving out that sickness that infirmity and that disease he's causing it to go from your physical body right now in the name of jesus and i release you right now from your infirmity in jesus name i command it to go from you in the name of jesus and i release your your you into your healing and your deliverance right now receive it in jesus mighty and matchless name hallelujah god we thank you this morning we worship you hallelujah While we're in his presence right now. I want to release a blessing over you, your family, your friends, and your loved ones. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord and I want you to receive it. Hallelujah. I decree over your life right now in the name of Jesus, and I don't want you to ever forget it, that you are blessed and that you can't be cursed. For Christ, he has redeemed you from the curse by becoming a curse for you. For it is written that cursed is every man that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon us all through Jesus Christ, that we may receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. I therefore decree over your life that you are blessed coming in, you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the field. You are above only, you're not beneath. You are the head and you're not the tail. You are the lender and you're not the borrower. In Jesus' mighty name, I therefore decree over your life that no weapon, no witchcraft, no voodoo, no sorcery, no evil intent, no purpose, plot, plan, or scheme of the enemy, no sickness, infirmity, disease, and no virus that is formed against you will be able to prosper. In Jesus' mighty name, again, I release over your life that you're blessed, you're prosperous, You are walking in the favor of God. Everything that you do and put your hands to, it is going to begin to prosper, flourish, grow, and be successful. In Jesus' mighty name, he is causing mountains to be brought down before you. Mountains being thrown into the sea. He's causing walls to come down and shackles to be broken off of you. In Jesus' mighty name, he is doing a new thing in your life. And he is about to give you a double portion blessing. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree with that, I just want you to say, Amen. And I want you to give Jesus a thunderous shout. Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Before you have your seats, I want you to look at somebody real strong and tell them, you are blessed and you can't be cursed. Amen. Amen. And why don't you tell somebody you sure do look good this morning <laughs> amen well thank you 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 amen 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 hallelujah thank you father glory thank you jesus Woo. to god be the glory amen 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 amen, amen. you guys good this morning man i feel feel God in his place hallelujah my God glory to Jesus amen 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 Amen. glory to God amen 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 Melissa Latoya can you hand me my iPad over here thank you oh my God we're gonna get right down to business <laughs> man I just I don't even want some time I don't even want to be wanting to stop <laughs> Jesus God is so good you guys good this morning? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Good to see all of you this morning. Um, I know my wife thanked you guys earlier for, you know, everything you guys did for us. You know, this, this past um, Tuesday, we set our 19th year anniversary. Yeah. Amen. You know, amazing. Like, seemed like, like like we got married yesterday. Jesus you know, and um, and then my wife—it was her birthday. You know, I was her gift. You know, <laughs> so my wife, she had her birthday. So we had a great time, and um, you know, we just we just had a beautiful time. Beautiful, beautiful week. This week was just a beautiful week, and uh, it was so awesome. You know, and I want to say thank you, guys, for you know, um, my wife. Thank you for the birthday gifts, but also thank you for the anniversary gifts. You know, I thank you on behalf of both of us, you know, for you guys blessing us. We really appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome, you know, and we had a great time. It was so, it was so beautiful. It was great. You know, so we're about to get down to business. Do you guys know that our anniversary, church anniversary, so now my wife and I celebrate 19 years. Then now our church next month celebrates nine years. Yeah. That's something else, man. So, we're going to be having, you know, um, a fantastic weekend of, of services. It's going to be great. We started to get planned. I told, you know, when I gave, came back, you know, I met with, um, everybody's calling her Minister Even. <laughs> Minister Even. <laughs> she, she got ordained right right here. The, the, the congregation ordained her. <laughs> First, my wife ordained her, then the congregation. <laughs> So, you know, I said, okay, I said, now you know how I am. I said, it's, it's time for the anniversary. I said, my foot is on the gas. As soon as I came out of, I'd take care of my anniversary first. I said, my foot is on the gas now. I said, so we got to get moving. So me and the uh, minister even met on Thursday. We started getting some stuff. So I want to meet with, um, you know, our leaders and also people that serve in this house right after service because we're going to talk about the anniversary, Okay. And um, so, so no messing around, no playing around with stuff. Let's get in the back so we can we can jump on this thing. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna get down to business. So, and I'll give you more information about the anniversary later. So, if you have your Bibles, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. If you have your Bibles, open up to Second Peter chapter one verse three. And um, did you guys know that? Um, <laughs> Who was that? She won. So my wife actually. Um, nominated, uh, she, got, she got Trinity and um, and Tiffany into this pageant, because, you know, she does, you know, my wife takes the kids out to dance once a month, right, and they go to this dance studio, so, you know, the, the people came to my wife and was like, we want to, you know, try to get, we want to get the two ladies into this pageant, you know, so Miss Newark, is that what it is? Yeah. Miss Newark USA, Miss Newark USA. So Trinity won and then Tiffany was the first runner up. <laughs> Is that awesome or what? Miss Newark USA. Ain't that awesome? I'll show you guys pictures later if you want to see, but they look so beautiful. They look so beautiful. So they they I, I'm just so proud of them, you know. Kids, they grew up right up here in this church. And that's up, man. Crazy, man. Miss Newark USA. Ain't that awesome? <laughs> So, yeah, so that was great. I thought that was a real tremendous blessing. So, you know, my wife does a great job with the kids, man, and, and um, man, you know, and, and what an opportunity, right? It's crazy, you know, something like that would happen. Only God could do that. You know, she's down there, you know, taking those kids to dance, and they say, oh, we want to get them in this pageant, you know, and then, and then they win. <laughs> That's so awesome, man. So I got really blessed by that. So anyway, all right, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Last week, I began to start a message on um, principles of financial breakthroughs. And I'm doing part two today. And um, so last week, I began with this scripture, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, God's divine power has given us everything we need. I like that. For this life and godliness. Now, see, did you know that God has given you everything that you need? You're lacking nothing. You got everything on the inside of you need, right? right now, to be successful in this life and to live a godly life. So you have everything you need. You know, God has left us with his word, which contains all of the principles, all of the promises of God. He's given us everything that we need to live a successful life and a godly life. And he's also given us his spirit that empowers us to be able to live this life and walk this walk out. Can you say amen? So, you know, you, you already have it. All you got to do is dig down deep for it and 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 pull it out. But you got it on the inside of you, you know. And if you and again, I always say, if you come here, you know, you're here for me a thousand times. If you're gonna serve God, you need to become a man of a woman of the word and a man or a woman of prayer. And if you do then that's spiritual balance. And if you do those two things, you will. Live a successful life if you apply the principles that God leaves in his word for you. Because the bottom line is this. The word of God will work if you work it. (laughs) It'll work if you work it. It won't work if you just, you know, hear it and look at it every once in a while, but you don't do nothing with it. But if you work it, the word of God will work. Can you say amen? Amen. So this is what I want to share with you today because I'm going to get into some things. But this is what God, God gave me this I'm going to share it with you. Uh, Psalm chapter 78, verses 9 through 12. And it says, the children of Ephraim. Now, I want you to understand something about the children of Ephraim. Now, the children of Ephraim were um, Joseph's, one of Joseph's sons, right? He, had, he gave birth to, a, to Ephraim and Manasseh. And Ephraim <clears throat> was the youngest, right? So, but he, he excelled above his brother, and he got put in first place. So they were the results of him being the double portion blessing man, you know, Joseph was. As the, this, the firstborn, you know, lost his birthright because he defiled his father, you know. And it came down and was passed down to Joseph. And so Joseph, when you're the firstborn, you your right is a double portion of everything that, that, that the family owns. So he became the one in first position. That's why when he had two children, Ephraim and Manasseh, they both were named with Jacob. And they both, they received a double portion, right? They both received lots in the promised land. So now here is Ephraim, right? Now you can have everything going for you in the natural, right? You can have everything you need. Like I just told you just now, right? You got everything you need that pertains to this life and godliness, right? God has already given you everything you need. Ephraim is a type of that. He's a double portion, right? He has, he has, he excelled above his brother. Now he is in first position. But the Bible says the children of Ephraim, listen to this, being armed and carrying bows. Listen to this. Everything you need. They're armed for battle. They're carrying bows. They got everything they need. They need it. Yet, they turn back in the day of battle. When it was time to put up or shut up. When it was time to fight. They turned they turned around and they fled from the battle, having everything that they needed. And it says they were armed, carrying bows, but they turned back in a day of battle. And it says they kept not the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. And they say they forgot his works. And his wonders that he showed them. So, you know, if you forget what God has done for you. You, you could turn back when, 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 when tragedy hits. When things go down, you could, if, you, if you begin to forget, they, they were fully equipped. They had everything that they needed for the battle. Not just regular weapons, but they also had God. Yeah. Yet they turned back in the day of battle. And they turned back because they forgot. They forgot his works. They forgot his wonders that he showed them. They forgot the marvelous things that he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt and in the field of Zoan. They forgot. Now, if you skip down to 41, because if you read that whole chapter, it'll start going over all of this stuff that they forgot, all this stuff, right? And then it hits 41, and it says, Yay, they turned back and tempted God, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. <laughs> when they turned back, they limited God. Somebody who is unlimited was limited due to the fact that they turned back. See, God will not do for you what He has instructed you to do. See, they had to have the faith to get into the battle and then God would fight for them. But they turned back. They had everything they needed, they were fully equipped, they were ready for battle. But they turn back, and the Bible says when they did that, they limited God. God cannot show up strong for them because they turned back. And you look back and you're like, how could God be limited? He's limited by your own belief. See, God responds to faith. You know, that's why the Bible says without, without faith, it's impossible to please God. <laughs> he responds to it, you know. And let me show you this in another scripture. In Mark chapter 6, verses 2 through 6, it says, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. This is Jesus, right? And the Bible says, And many hearing him were astonished, saying, 'From, From whence or from where has these man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? And then they say, See, listen to this. Is not this the carpenter? Who's he? Ain't this the carpenter? He's the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. Are not his sisters here with us? Who does he think he is? He's a carpenter. He's not no great man of God. He's He's a carpenter. Fix my table. Don't, don't tell me about no, you know, supernatural things. My chair's broke. Fix it, you know. That's what you do. You're a carpenter. And we know you. We know your family. You ain't nothing special. And they, say, and they were offended at him. Amazing. And he says, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. And among his own kin, or his brethren. And in his own house. That's, that's, that's the only place... You know familiarity you know they, i know him you know i know who he is i know where he came from people will look at you you know like oh man you used to run the streets You used to you know used to smoke you know whatever you know drink you now he trying to tell me about jesus who you think you are now listen to this this is what i wanted to get to we're talking about jesus we're not talking about some corner preacher. <laughs> We're talking about Jesus, the Almighty God in the flesh, with unlimited power. I mean, we see him. You know, we read through the scriptures. He's casting out devils. He's healing the sick. I mean, there's nothing he can't do. The Bible says, "And he could there do no mighty work." Jesus. The only thing he could do, the Bible says, was he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and, in the, and, and, and healed them of minor ailments. <laughs> and he says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about in villages teaching. Here he is, Jesus, all power in his hands. I mean, he could do anything. You know, and now here he is. Limited because of their unbelief. They start questioning, you know, and not believing in who he is. You're a carpenter. You know, you're not nobody. And as a result, he couldn't do any mighty works there. See, that's the key, man. You know, how do you see Jesus? How do you see God? You know, how do you see him? Do you believe that he can do anything but fail? See, because if, if you do, he'll, he'll do it in your life. But if you stop, if you don't believe that he can, you'll limit him and he won't be able to. And people will say, well, you know, I, I believe God could do anything. If, if that's the case, why do you doubt? <laughs> if that's the case, why are you in fear? If that's the case, why are you worried? You, got, you said just say God could do anything, right? What are you worrying about then? All right, <laughs> Jesus could there do no mighty work. The only thing he can do is just lay hands on a few little sick folk that have minor ailments. Oh, you got a headache? Let me pray for you. <laughs> 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 Nothing major, just minor stuff, you know, like headache. You know, oh, you stubbed your toe? I'm pray for you. <laughs> you know. <right? laughs> Nothing nothing big, no big stuff, because their unbelief, I mean, it just limited the power that he had and that he possessed. And he's just looking for somebody that got faith. And if somebody got faith, they begin to pull on that power that's on the inside of him. Here he is, Jesus. He's walking. The Bible says everybody's, they're all around him. The, the, the Bible says they're thronging him. I mean, they're all around him. Crowds of people. One woman gets on her hands and knees, begins to crawl towards Jesus. It has an issue of blood. And she just, she just touches him. And power comes out of him. And go, and he, he, he has to stop and says, who touched me? And Peter's like, everybody's touching you. What are you talking about, Jesus? Everybody's, everybody's touching you. No, somebody touched me. Somebody pulled With their faith, they pulled power from me. I felt it come out of me. The touch of faith. I'm not talking about anybody just, oh, Jesus. I'm not talking about that touch. I'm talking about the touch of faith that pulls the power of God out. This is not my message. I don't know what's going on with this, but this ain't my message at all. I'm trying to go somewhere else. But that is, I mean, she pulled the power out of him. And immediately, she's healed in her body. Crazy, man. You know, God told me one time, he says, I will meet people at their level of faith. <laughs> you know, the woman with the issue of blood felt like she needed to touch him. And she touched him, right? Then the man that Jesus was going with, this man at the time. And he says, if you would come and lay your hands on my daughter, she'll be, I know she'll be healed. So he was going to lay his hands on her. But then the, then the centurion man, he says, while Jesus is on his way and he, he sends word, he says, tell him not to come. I'm not worthy for him to come unto my house. He says, all you have to do is speak the word. And I know my servant will be healed. He says, to the degree that you believe him. See, the, that woman felt, I, I need to touch him. Then, you know, the other man, he needs to touch my daughter. But he says, you don't need to touch me. I don't need to touch you. Just speak the word, and I know he's going to be healed. And that moment, when he got home, his servant was healed. He will meet you at your level of faith. Because he has unlimited power. But we limit him through doubt, through worry, through unbelief. These guys ready to go, man. They They got everything in place everything but faith, bows, shields, swords, everything but faith. (laughs) And as a result, they limited God. So I wanted to start this message today just by simply saying, don't limit God. Don't limit God. Don't limit God by unbelief. Don't limit God by doubting, by worrying, by being in fear, don't limit God god can do the impossible in your life if you believe that he can so anyway like i said man that's not my message man i messed up my whole message <laughs> but i know that was god god was definitely speaking you know we needed to, we needed to hear that you know but 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 don't limit god you know so you know today i'm talking about the principles of financial breakthroughs but you can't limit God in any area of your life. You know, don't think that you're going to be poor forever. Don't think you're going to be sick forever. Don't think that you're going to be depressed forever. Don't th- God can turn any situation around that you're currently going through. Today, I'm just so happy to be talking about financial breakthroughs. And don't limit him in that area either. But don't limit him in any area. So anyway, last week when I began to speak about this, I began to talk about, you know, the principles of God. And I talked about the seed principle, which I believe is one of the most powerful principles ever established. And um, and we see in Galatians chapter six, verses seven through nine in the message version, it says, "Be be not deceived or don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants or sows, he will harvest or he will reap. And it goes on to say the person who plants Selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crops of weeds, crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. Jesus. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. And it goes on to say, let us let us not allow ourselves to be, be fatigued while doing good. And he goes on to say, at the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or if we don't quit or faint, you know? So I was started to talk about the fact that we need to begin to sow the right seeds. If you want to become financially independent, it starts with sowing the right seeds, you know? And anything in life, it starts with sowing the right seeds. Whatever seed you sow is going to become a harvest one day, <laughs> you know, whatever seed. And he says, if you begin to sow to your flesh, Anything that's born of the flesh will eventually rot and stink. It'll die. Anything. So that's why you don't sow to your flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, it'll be eternal. Can you say amen? So I started talking about some of those seeds that we need to sow, and I stopped at the seed of faithfulness in little things. Now you remember that? I said, if you sow the seed of faithfulness in little things, you reap a harvest of great things. And in Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12, it says, he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is dishonest and unjust in a very little thing is dishonest and unjust also in much. Goes on to say, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the case of unrighteous mammon or money or possessions, who will entrust to you the true riches? And it goes on to say, and if you have not proved faithful in that which belongs to another, whether it's God's or man, who will give you that which is your own? That is who will give you the true riches. So with that being said, you know, you have to, we start with faithfulness. You're not going to be, God is never going to give you more if you can't prove yourself faithful over what he's already given you. God always give you a little to start off and give you a little bit of money, right? Give you a little job, give you a little hoop ride car, you know, give you a little apartment. He'll start you with a little and then he'll he'll, he'll see how you handle the little bit he's given you. And then if you prove yourself faithful in a little thing, then he'll begin to give you more. So he says two areas primarily we need to learn how to be faithful in, how we handle money and how we handle something that belongs to someone else. If you can't handle money well, you're not going to have more of it. And if you cannot take care of something that belongs to someone else, God's not going to give you something that belongs to you. I'm going to tell you something. You know. Before we had a house, my wife and I took care of every apartment that we were ever in. We took care of it like it belonged to us. We didn't, we didn't mess it up. And when we left, we fixed it back to the way it was before. We didn't have to worry about them saying, oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. No, we took care of that place. And we fixed whatever was damaged. We did it. We took care of it because we treated it like it was our own. Because I, I, we know the principle of being faithful. If you can be faithful over something that belongs to someone else. You know, somebody lets you borrow your car. And you start rolling over potholes. <laughs> you know. And you you know, you're messing it up and stuff like that. And leaving McDonald's bottle boxes in there and stuff like that. <laughs> God, I want you to bless me with a car. Right? So, so now I'm going to bless You, you can't. Can't even take care of something that belongs to somebody else. I'm going to give you something that belongs to you. Yeah. <laughs> Tear an apartment up, you know. T- You're working on a job. You, and you, oh, God, give me a business. And you, you don't do your job well. He says, I'm, a, I'm not going to do that for you because I don't, want, see, I don't want you to reap what you sow. Because wow. you will have to reap what you sow. So, I talked about that last week. Today, I want to talk about the second thing that we learned, need to learn how to sow seeds in. And Minister Chas, thank you. That is sowing the seeds of diligence. Sowing the seeds of diligence. In Proverbs chapter 10, verses 4 through 5, it says, in the, in the King James, it says, He becometh poor that deals with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent maketh rich. And he Amplified, it says, poor is he who works with a negligent and idle hand. But the hand of the diligent makes him rich. And it goes on to say in verse 5, he who gathers during summer and takes advantage of his opportunities is a son who acts wisely. But he who sleeps during harvest and ignores the moment of opportunity is a son who acts shamefully. Now, in Proverbs 12, verse 27. Listen to this. It says the lazy man does not catch and roast his prey. But the precious possession of a wise man is diligence. Why? Because he recognizes opportunities and seizes them. So let me talk about this real quick. So bottom line is, I know this. Many people want to become wealthy. But the bottom line is this. Wealth is not obtained by hoping, wishing and not even praying for it. Wealth is primarily the result of diligence, primarily. And diligence, as the scripture states, I love this, is the wise man's precious possession. I want you to listen to this because I was doing some study on this. Diligence is a precious, is precious because it has great value. The valuable thing, however, needs to be taken possession of. Now, to, to have possession means that you have visible power, or control over something. See, that's what you need to have with diligence. Now, to be diligent means that you are careful and you are persistent in your work. And again, the Bible says that the diligent hand makes a person rich. And that's why it's a precious possession, because if you possess diligence, it'll make you rich. So you have to be diligent about how you handle things, right? In other words, you have to be careful and persistent with whatever is put in your hands, you know what I'm saying? You have, to, you have to monitor it, watch over it, work diligently at it, you know what I'm saying? See, most people don't work, are not diligent. And that's why they can't, you know, you, if you can't be diligent, see, and this goes back to being faithful, because if you can't be diligent in the handling of something, you will never, ever be able to secure more of it because you can't handle the responsibility of it. You got to be diligent. I was, you know, I was having a conversation. I said, see, when I'm given something, I, I begin to try to work on it immediately. You know why? Because I don't want it. I don't want to procrastinate. I don't want to wait. I don't want to. I don't want it to fall by the wayside because I'm not dealing with it. So I jump on it as soon as I can, and, I, and, I'm, I'm, and I'll work on it until I'm finished it. Even if I got to work late, I, I'll finish it because I don't want nothing hanging over my head. So I try to be diligent about every single thing that is entrusted to me and that, I'm, that, I'm, that, I'm, that I've been given. You know? And that's why, you know, like for instance, that wall back there, right? I mean, the only thing, the reason why that wall is not completely done has nothing to do with me. It's because I need, you know, uh, the labor, laborers to finish it. Other than that, it'd be done. Because I've been on that thing for like the last two weeks. And I mean, every time you walk back there, you see something done. Because I'm diligent with it. And I try to do that with whatever is in my hands. And that's why I can can handle more. Because I've proved myself to be diligent. Now, this is the problem. Again, most people aren't diligent. Most people are lazy. Most people will not keep up in action for long enough to see the results of their labor. Most people are not careful about their work or persistent in their work. Now, to be careful means to be prudent or to show care for the future in the use of something. And that's especially dealing with money. And to be persistent means to continue firmly or obstinately in a course of action in spite of the difficulty or the opposition that they face. That's what being persistent is. I mean, no matter how hard something becomes, I'm still going I'm, to I'm I'm work it until I, until, until I get it until I get it done. All this opposition coming against me, all of these challenges, I'm going to keep working it until I, until I get it done. That's what it means to be diligent. And again, that's why diligence is such a precious possession. Diligence requires discipline and hard work, and most people are not disciplined or hardworking. And as the scripture states, the lazy man sleeps during harvest, and they ignore the moment of opportunity. When you're not diligent, you'll miss opportunities. Opportunities will pass you by if you don't learn how to be diligent. Because the diligent man or woman seizes and takes advantage of their opportunities. And I put here, if you're gonna experience success and prosperity, you have to practice diligence in your life. And, and this is the key. The problem is that diligence and success is uncomfortable for those who like to be comfortable. Now, let me share this with you. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. Listen to this. (laughs) It says the soul or the appetite of the lazy person craves and gets nothing. And the reason for that is because lethargy overcomes ambition. And it goes on to say, but the soul of the diligent or the person who works willingly is rich and abundantly supplied. So listen to this. We see here that the person is diligent or the person who works willingly will be rich and abundantly supplies. But the lazy person craves or they have a desire to obtain things, but they get nothing. Because lethargy and that word there means their desire to be comfortable. That's to be lethargic. I desire to be comfortable. Their desire to be comfortable overwhelms their ambition and their desire to prosper. Think about it like this. whatever is more important to you will win out. If, you desire to be comf- if your desire to be comfortable is greater than your desire to succeed, your desire to be comfortable will win and you'll never succeed. Now this is the problem. Most people wanna be comfortable, but success is not comfortable. Mm. Success will stretch you. It will pull you completely out of your comfort zone. Now my pastor always says this. He says the grapes of blessings, of God's blessings are never placed within your hands. They're placed within your reach. And I added this, if you want them, you have to stretch out your hand and seize them. (laughs) But that being said, you, you have a choice, you and you alone. You can stay comfortable and live in mediocrity, or you can step out of your comfort zone and start traveling the road that leads to success. It's up to you. See, when you wanna be comfortable, success will always be out of your reach. Because you cannot be comfortable and successful at the same time. You got to work it, man. You got to work it. You want to be successful, you got to work it. You ain't got no time to put your feet up. <laughs> you got you to work it. You know what I'm saying? You got to work it. And, you know, people will look at where you are and they'll be like, you know, if you're a person that will work it, they'll be like, wow, you know, I want to be there. Well, you can be there if you work it. If you, if you work it, you could get there. But most people, they want to be comfortable. They want to relax. Well, everybody is up. You know, I used to watch this guy, you know, on TV. And he said, I get more done at 830 in the morning before you do all day. <laughs> I said, I know that's right. <laughs> I mean, up early, rocking it. But most people don't want to put that work in. And as a result, they don't become successful. You gotta be diligent. It is the diligent hand that maketh rich. You know, and we all have to learn that lesson of diligence if we want to become successful in life. You don't just arrive somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, it was a long, you know, somebody say, Oh man, you like an overnight success. <laughs> and then, it was a long night. That's the, <laughs> if that's the case. It was a long night, brother. <laughs> you know, because, you know, you see somebody out the blue, you're like, wow. You know, they're just like, and it's like, man, they've been working like a dog for the past 10 years. <laughs> and, now they're, and now they come forth. But it's the product of everything that they, they did when people, you know, weren't watching. Or when people could care less who they were or, or didn't know who they were. Then one day, they're, they're doing great things like, wow, where did this person come from? <laughs> They've been working like a dog for the past you know, 10, 15, 20 years trying to get there. And now it, it happens. Diligence. And that's why I said, you know, see, people won't keep up in action long enough to see the results of their labor. They hit the ground running, you know, and they, they do it for you know, a couple of weeks, a month, something like that, you know, and then they run out of gas. Because it's not working fast enough. You know, they're not seeing, you know, they say most businesses, they fail within the first five years. So you got to work, I mean, you got to work it at least five years. (laughs) I mean, like, you know what I'm saying, to to see any kind of real success. But most people don't work it for five minutes, you know? It's an idea. It's, you know, it's just a great idea, you know? So we got to be diligent. You want to be successful, you got to learn the lesson of diligence. And you know, diligence and what? You know, I've learned this year. You know, this year, God spoke to me in the beginning of this year, and he said this to me. He said, if you want to become better than what you are right now, then you need to learn more. You need to educate yourself. He said, what you know right now has gotten you to where you are right now. He said, that's good, but if you want to go further, you need to learn more. You can't, you can't continue with the same information you have and go further. You're doing good, but if you want to do more, better, you got to learn more. And so I had to become diligent in the area of gathering more information, learning more. And that means I had to do something that wasn't comfortable. I already get up early in the morning. And already get up five o'clock, you know, to get moving. Now, you know, God starts saying, all right, I, I have to, anything I do, I have to do in the morning. Because after I'm done with work, I can't do I can't. My mind can't handle nothing else. So I'm done. So whatever I got to do, I got to do it in the morning. I got to do it early, you know. So I had to carve out uh, 30 minutes to an hour in my early morning schedule in order to begin to study. Now, I took three months to study for a test that I, that I needed. I got my, I told you guys, I got my certification as a housing counselor. I took three months at the end of the year, and, I, and I, I just studied, you know, every day. And then I took the test, and I passed it, right? Then God said, okay, you need to start studying this. So I was in the, I was in the, uh, I was in the groove, so I just kind of kept on going. But he said, this is my year to acquire information that's gonna help me get better. And in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 14, in the message version, it says, the wise accumulate knowledge. And it says, a true treasure. Knowledge is a true treasure. And it says, know-it-alls, just talk too much. A Sheer waste. <laughs> in Proverbs 24, five, in the Amplified Classic Edition, it says, a wise man is strong, and is better than a strong man. And a man of knowledge increases and strengthens his power. <laughs> the only way to in, in, increase your, your, your strength and your power is to gain more knowledge. And a wise, a wise man, he continues to learn. We, are, we, we, we have to get to the place where we never stop learning. Never think you know it all. Never think you know everything. Because you don't. <laughs> Nobody knows everything. You know, and there's always more to learn. There's always further to go. And if you want to get better and go further, you're going to need more information. You don't have everything you need right now to go as far as you would like to go. And the bottom line is how do you acquire more knowledge? Well, first of all, knowledge is defined as having the facts, accurate information, and skills acquired through experience and through education. One, you have to determine what do you want to be knowledgeable in? Because at some point we have to make a determination, you know, we, we there's no way we can learn every single thing in the world, right? So you have to learn determine what you want to learn, what you want to be learned in. Right? There's, and you have to determine what you will be alright with remaining ignorant in. <laughs> you can't learn everything. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, you know, I probably could get on I probably can get underneath my car. And more than likely, I could change my oil. I could do all that stuff. I'm sure I could. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> Not because I can't. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be knowledgeable in that area. I give it to some people love it. Chad said he loves it. See, that, that? then you do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't like it. I don't like getting dirty <laughs> at all. <laughs> I like my hands dirty, nothing, you know? So <laughs> I don't want to do it, you know? So, you know, I take it to somebody, my mechanic, and I let him do it, and I pay him. I'm willing to remain ignorant in that area. <laughs> but there's some areas I can't afford to be ignorant in. You know, I have, to, I have to, and in those areas, I have to strengthen myself. You know what a lot of people do? They focus too much on their weaknesses. And you know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with improving yourself in areas that you're weak in, but at the end of the day, we need to maximize our strengths. See, if we focus on maximizing our strengths, then then those weaknesses will will seem like nothing. They'll just fade away. Maximize your strengths. What are you good at? And become better in that. You know, for, for me, it has always been in my professional life, I've always done something in the area of finance. All, every, everything I've ever done in corporate or in business has had to do with finance, everything. So I just continue, continue to strengthen myself in that area. I'm not gonna learn something else. I'm gonna focus on that, because that's my strength. And I'm gonna build upon that and get better doing that. And the better I get, the more marketable I, I become. The more doors open for me. I always tell people a skill I learned over 20 years ago, doing taxes is the thing that probably has kept me more relevant than anything else. I mean, it's, it's the one thing that has kept me recession-proof is doing taxes. I don't care what's going on. You got somebody got to get their taxes done. <laughs> I remember when I was learning, I sat down, I was sitting down with this guy on a break. And I said to him, man, I said, you know what? I said, those that don't know have to go to somebody that do. <laughs> that was my right. said, you know, And it was like God spoke that through me. I was like, that's exactly right. And I mean, ever since then, I mean that's the one thing that has opened up more doors for me than anything else. But it was connect with finance. Everything that I've done has been connected with that. And then I pursued more knowledge in that area so I could get better. So what do you need to do? You can read books, right? Become an avid reader. I got this book that I'm reading right now, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm studying investing. And I read this book every day, just kind of, you know, I'm I'm studying. You can go to school. You can get certified, right? You can take an online course. Getting a mentor is great. You know, mentors are great because you can learn from the failures of someone else. (laughs) Google it. (laughs) Find everything on Google or YouTube. (laughs) And then I always say this, you can volunteer or intern you know pl- people don't like to do that oh i'm not getting paid <laughs> but the information that you get the knowledge that you receive as a result you know i was i was saying this I, I, it came back to my remembrance i remember years ago i wanted to learn how to do real estate be a real, like like flip houses and stuff like that so I, w- I got connected with this guy that was doing it, like he was really doing it, right? And he was, was going to take me on like as a mentee, right? So I'll never forget. Now, I'm young and dumb, right? I'm in my 20s, young, mid, uh, early 20s. And, um, you know, so he has me doing all of this work, right? And so I say to him, you know, how much you going to pay me, man? <laughs> and he says to me, i never forget it. i never forget it like it was yesterday. He says, I don't need you. I mean, it was like, I said, I don't need you. I mean, I have, and, and you know, now, hindsight, right, is twenty twenty. Because when he said that to me, I was angry. <laughs> I, was, I was mad, right? But hindsight is twenty I'm thinking, he didn't need me. He's already a successful real estate investor. He don't need me. <laughs> you know, that's what he got paid pay me for. I don't know nothing. I'm trying to learn from him. You know, he ain't going to pay. I want him to pay me. And see, what a, a, uh, you know, see, that's what most people, that's how most people think, though. The information that could have been learned in that instance would have been super valuable. Super valuable. I mean, because he was doing it on a large scale. He was really good at it. He was really doing this thing. He was there to teach me and educate me and show me how to do it. So I love, you know, like interning, volunteer, because it's, a great, it's a, a great opportunity for you to get into the middle of it without really jumping your feet all the way into it and making it. do I really wanna do this? You know, I, I had, I've had many interns over the years um, that I taught taxes, you know, cause I not only do taxes, but I was, teach, I was teaching people how to do taxes. So some people would just get it, man, like really just get it. And then some people were like, I don't really like this. <laughs> now here they are in school for a county. You know, and thinking about, you know, doing taxes. They hate it. <laughs> you know, they don't like doing it at all, you know. I'm like, see, this is good for you though, because now you can make some decisions on which way coming be, because accounting is so broad, there's so many different things. You don't have to do taxes at all and be an accountant. There's other areas you can go into. It's like and they would be like, I don't like people. <laughs> like, okay, well maybe you want to be an auditor, <laughs> you know, like or something like that, like you know, or a bookkeeper. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like You don't have to deal with people, (laughs) you know? Like, you're doing taxes, you got to deal with people. (laughs) You know, so, and it's like such a great opportunity to not only learn the skill with hands on, but then also learn whether or not this is an area or direction you want to go in. So you got to acquire more knowledge. If you want to do, if you want to become successful, you have to acquire more knowledge. The more information you have, the more power is available in your hands. But let me go a little bit further, and I'm going to end after this because I, I got to close. It's crazy. Now you have to take that knowledge and you got to sow it. In other words, you have to do something with the knowledge that you've acquired. Once you get it, you got to do something with it. See, I know a lot of people that got head knowledge, but that's it. They don't do nothing with it. They know it. You know, oh, yeah, I know that. Do you know that? Yeah, I know that. But they're not doing nothing with it. You got to take what you know, and you have to apply it. And that is the definition of wisdom, by the way. Now, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, and this is, again, Jesus speaking. He says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. See, if you hear what I'm saying to you, and you do it, not just hear what I said, but if you hear my words and you do them, then I will liken you unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the Bible says, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon a rock. And then he says, and everyone that hears these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man. And the Bible says he built his house upon sand and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, same thing, beat upon the house, but this time it fell. And great and complete was the fall of it. My God, man. See, if you do what you know to do, then you'll be considered a wise man or a wise woman. But if you don't do what you know to do, then you'll be considered foolish. You got head knowledge. I know that, (laughs) but it's not working for you because you're not doing that. You got to do what you know to do. And we're talking about finances. How many times have I talked to somebody and I say, hey, you know you you need to save some money, right? Yeah, I know. You saving? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know you ought not run your credit cards up, right? Because you're going to be in trouble, right? Yeah, I know that. Why your credit cards? You know, I know, I know. You know you should invest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> A lot of people that know, <laughs> but it's not about just knowing. It's about doing it. You got to do what you know. If you don't do what you know, Jesus said it. He said he considered you to be foolish <laughs> to know something and not do it. <laughs> you got to put to practice what you know to do. And see, that's where that's being disciplined, and that's being diligent. See, the diligent man, the disciplined man, will do what he knows to do, irrespective of how he feels. You know what I'm saying? Every day, you know, I, I am diligent and disciplined to pray. Not because I feel like doing it. Not because I want to do it every day. But because I have disciplined myself to be diligent in that area reading the Word of God, I read the Word of God every single day. When I was on, when my wife and I was on vacation, before I spent a minute with her, I spent it with Jesus. We're on vacation. Like, when I finish, but she's doing the same thing. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's not like she's not waiting for me. She serves, she she praying too. (laughs) You know? So we're in our separate areas. You know, that's why we we rented a house. (laughs) So... You, you do over there, i am be over here, you know. So it was like out of each other's way, you know. She did her thing, you know, spent time with Jesus. I did my thing, spent time with Jesus, G- and then we came together, and we had a good time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't go on vacation from God, you know, just because I'm on vacation. Oh, God, you understand. I don't need to spend no time. No, uh-uh. You don't understand nothing. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Spend time. <laughs> You want to continue to enjoy all these blessings? Come spend some time with me before you get. Then you can spend time with her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you, you not mess around, not spend no time with God. Then we be arguing. <laughs> Cause I ain't spend no time with God. <laughs> now, now, now the anniversary's ruined. You know, <laughs> spend time with me. You know, I get you right, I get her right, and then you will come together, <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> So, you see, but you have to be, see, but you got to be disciplined. You got to be diligent, you know, and know these are my principles. These are my, this is, these are the things that, that, that I do every day. You know, I was telling somebody, you know, see, if you, can, if you can put together, like, it's like a recipe. Like, if you've ever cooked anything, right, once you learn how to cook it right, if you do it like that every time, it'll come out the same way every time. And, you know, like, I was talking about this salmon dish I make. And it's like, man, I season that baby. I put it in the cast iron pan with seasoned oil. 15 minutes on 450. It's perfect. I mean, it's not, it's not you know, it's not too, it's not underdone. It's not overdone. It's perfect. Like, I mean, you put your, it'd be like, whoa. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, it's perfect. Right? And so now I got it down now. Right, I had to play with the I had to play with the temperatures, I had to play with the times, right? How long? You know, I had to play with that a little bit. Once I f- 15 minutes. Exactly. Not sixteen. <laughs> Fifteen minutes. And I gotta pull it out because I don't want, because I mean that, that salmon to dry out on you quick. Fifteen minutes. I pull that baby out, it's perfect. If you can do that with your life, right, figure out what makes a successful life. What are the things, what are the disciplines that I need to do on a daily basis to become successful? And you do those things on a regular basis, you're going to be successful. But it's about finding that recipe, putting those things in order and together, and doing them every day. And you're going to create a recipe for a successful life. And see, these things right here that I'm talking to you about today, being diligent, being faithful, you know what I'm saying, doing these things, these are things that will lead you to a successful life. Not being lazy, you know what I'm saying, you know, jumping on things, not, not, not procrastinating, you know, staying on top of stuff. I got a to-do list every day because I keep things in front of me, you know what I'm saying? I, what I do when I know I need to do something by a certain day, I always, I eat, you know, now... I love it because you can email yourself and you can, you can, uh, you can, hey, baby. (laughs) You might not have saw it, but that's, um, Chaz and Toya's daughter. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) But it's like, you know, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I email myself. Yes. Thank you. So. You know, you can do it through Google. You, know, you can set the time when you want it to arrive. So I, like, I type it now, and I say, okay, I need, to, I need to do this Monday at 8 o'clock. Boom. So I set it for Monday at 8 o'clock. So now I get that email, and it's like, oh, okay, now I got to do this. Because if, if you don't set times for yourself, if you don't, I mean, you know, thoughts are like slippery fish. They'll, they'll, they'll swim off on you. And so if I get a thought, I'll just type it out, and I'll email it to myself for when I need to take care of it. That's how I stay on top of things, you know, because I got a lot of things I got to do. And when you got a lot of things you got to do, you got to find a way to stay on top of things. I put things on my calendar. My calendar has reminders in them. They have, you got to send me an email a week before, two weeks before, a day before, you know, like, I mean, I keep, I mean, it's like I I got four reminders. So I get an email. Oh, a week from now, I got to do this. Okay. All right. Then I get it. You know, two days before. Then a day before. Then two hours before. Like, I'm like, the email comes. Because I got to stay on, you know, I got to stay on top of things. Otherwise, I may just forget them and not be on top of it. But see, but that can help you be more diligent in areas. All right, you know, I hope you guys are getting something out of this. So I'm going to get ready to close. But... You know, the Bible says that people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But I believe that many more people are destroyed for a lack of wisdom. In other words, they know what to do. They just don't do it. Knowledge, again, is having accurate information, but wisdom is the application of that knowledge, which brings the desired result. With that being said, wisdom, or doing what you know to do, is you sowing knowledge seeds, So you can reap a harvest of the desired result. See, if you want, if you want to see a harvest of what you're believing for, you got to start sowing today. Start so you know when you learn something, begin to put it in practice. It don't happen overnight. Eventually, right? You begin. I tell people you begin saving a little bit of money. Next thing you know, a year from now, it's like, wow, I got money. I mean, like, you know, I know what I do? Every dollar, right, that I got, you know, I, 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 I just put it away. You know, here it is, what, seven months? I got, I got $500 just in that. <laughs> just in that. That's not even my regular savings. It's just when I get dollars, if I got dollars in my pocket, I just throw them in the thing. And then $500, I was checking, I was like, wow, I got $500. Like, the <laughs> year ain't, ain't even over. <laughs> Just little, like, little habits like that. And the next thing you know, wow, you know, like, who can't do that? You, we, we, we blow money like like, you know, they used to say, you know, well, you know, there ain't no money in the hood. If there wasn't, why is every other nationality moving to the hood and set up business? We are the number one consumers in this country, African-American people. No money. So it's there, you know. If 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 I didn't put that money in lottery tickets <laughs> or on coffee or on cigarettes, you know, I go into a store, man. Line was all the way back here. I'm like, I'm just trying to buy a drink, and I'm like, is this the line for a drink? And he's like, no, this is for lottery. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like <laughs> like that, lottery tickets. And there, shaded box, shaded <consequently> box. Like, <laughs> I like, like, had all these numbers on this piece of paper. <laughs> you know, like, and, like, like God, man, give me ten of scratch offs. That's like a hundred dollars in scratch offs. <laughs> and you ain't got no money. That's why you ain't got no money. <laughs> right. Oh, I won five dollars. You know. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and excited yeah you know i won ten dollars you know like <laughs> cost you a hundred dollars to get it <laughs> all right i gotta close man <laughs> all right so i had to pick up on this i didn't finish i'm almost done though maybe one more week and i'll be done but <laughs> we're gonna close right now Lift your hands to the Lord Jesus. Let's get ready to close. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we just we thank you. We thank you for today's word. I really believe you spoke to us, especially earlier. I really believe you spoke to us. And Father, we just want to say thank you for your wisdom, your clarity, your insight. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for everything and all things that you're doing in our life everything that you've done, everything you're yet to do. We are just so grateful and so thankful because you're so good. And Lord, I just pray, Father, in Jesus' name that everybody here, that they will not be forgetful doers of the word, but they will not forgetful hearers of the word, but that they will be doers of the word. Let us not allow the word of God to go in one ear and out the other. Let us receive the word of God and then begin to sow the word of God. Like I said earlier, the word of God will work If we work it, you know, we have a responsibility to work the word of God, to use our faith and mix it with the promises of God in order to get the results that you have promised us. And Father, we just we thank you. We bless you. We give you all the praise. We give you glory and honor for you are good. And your mercy endures forever in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now listen, if you're here today, you've never accepted the Lord Jesus. If you're watching online you've never done so, or you're backslidden and you know you are and you just want to get it right with God. I just want to pray for you wherever you are. If you're here, you can stand up. If you're watching online, wherever you are, just pray this simple prayer. And I just want everybody to do that together with me. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe in my heart. I confess in my mouth. You died for my sins and you rose from the dead to make me right with God. Now, Heavenly Father, I accept the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now, come on, let's just give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. All right, we're going to worship God here with tithes and with offerings, special giving. You know, the Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruits of all of your increase. And he says, if you do that, your barns will be filled with plenty, your presses, they'll burst out with new wine. And you know, he said, bring all the tithe to the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Prove me, put me to the test and see if I'm not open up for you the windows of heaven. He said, I'll pour you out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive. He'll rebuke the devour for your sake jesus mighty name you know what i'm gonna tell you something see it takes diligence right to continue to sow financial seeds you know as you're sowing it's like man the devil tell you it ain't working and you're just wasting your time here you are giving this money to this preacher (laughs) whatever you know (laughs) you know you ain't getting no money back you ain't getting no harvest you know and, 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 you know, if you allow the devil to, to talk to you like that, you'll stop. And as a result, you will not reap the harvest that God has planned for you. Because it takes diligence and faithfulness to continue to sow financial seeds. May I sow seeds for years and years and years. And then it's like when things start happening, people start looking like, whoa. You know, like it's because I've been sowing seeds for a long time without stopping. No matter what's going on, no matter whether or not, you know, if I couldn't figure out how to, even if I couldn't figure out how to pay a bill, I, I pay my times because I know that, you know, I'm sowing a seed and I know that God's going to give me a harvest. And and God has always made, made sure that we've had more than enough because I've always honored him. And then we got to the place where, I mean, now, I mean, God is doing so many things in our life. It just blows our mind. We're just like, whoa, like, but it's been constant diligence and sowing financial seeds and now we weep when we reap harvest you know it blows people's minds but anyway let's worship God with tithes and offerings I don't have my tithe envelope hand me one of them tithes envelopes please Lord thank you thank you Ties and offerings go in this envelope. you don't write a check, you write it to the love of Jesus. You can give on your debit card. You can use our cash app at cash sign, L-O-J-N-N. You can also use our Give the Fire Love of Jesus with North North. You can go on our website at wwwlojnorthnorthorg forward slash donate, and you can give that way. I'll also mention to you as you're giving your ties and offerings, again, I mentioned to you that we're doing, we're having our anniversary, September 16th, 17th, and 18th. Uh, September 16th, we are going. Um, my pastor, Pastor Jason, will be with us to minister. That's a Friday night. September 17th, uh, we're going to be in Stephen Crane doing a, a major cookout and our food pantry. September 18th, we will be doing. Uh, Bishop Barbara will be here with us ministering. So it's, we're going to have a full weekend of services. It's going to be awesome, beautiful. And um, you know, I ask you if you can to sow towards. You know our church anniversary. We asked everybody if they can to give 250 towards it. Um, whatever you can give. If you can't do 250, whatever you can give. If you don't give nothing, you can still come. <laughs> but, and I want you to know that. I always say that because you know people used to ask, is that a you know admission fee? We can't come to the anniversary because we didn't give. No, no. You you can still come even if you give nothing. But we ask you to help us if you can. Amen. So, um, you know, if you're going to do that just on your envelope or through GiveLify or through Cash App, just put towards anniversary so we know what it's for. All right. And um, so that's what's going on. So let's go ahead and worship God. Amen. I'll also mention this. Um, So, you know, we're almost done with our Let's Talk TV studio. Is going on back there? We're gonna be using it maybe this week, if not this week, next week for sure. We got everything we need. We just gotta finish it now. Um, I want to mention to you going forward. I need more input from you guys. You know what I'm saying? I wanna. I need more. You know, more um, topics, questions. You know, the whole nine. When you know, so if you can help us with that, we really appreciate. It. And your support. We well, you should watch it. You know, it's really good. I got good people coming on. And, you know, this past week, my best friend, Pastor Todd, was on. Man, he did so good. The last two weeks, he was really awesome. He talked about the church. It was fantastic. So, um, you know, you should watch it. You should give us topics that you want to know about. Ask questions. You can can take the offering up quick. You know, make sure that you, you do that. All right? And you can see either Minister Latoya or Minister Eben and give them that information. And, um... All right. Huh? No, 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 no. So I have a a new person that's coming on. So we're going to do like a continuation. Not a continuation, but we're going to take it to another level. Because now we're going to talk about community outreach. So now stepping outside of the church, building to touch the community. So I'm bringing in somebody that's really into outreach and how important outreach is. Because... This, the church here, this place is a training ground where you're developed so that you can go out and allow God to use you to win your world. You know, we're not, we're supposed to do something with what we get. Amen? So, and I believe any any ministry that is planted in a community should help to meet the needs of that community. That's why we have a really large food pantry that we do. And why we're also, you know, working on doing other community uh, community-based activities. We're going to really start working on that uh, the rest of this year, the beginning of ne- next year for sure. Thank you. Take that. So stretch forth your hands. and uh, basket. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for everybody that gave to this offering. Father, bless your people. Open up for them the windows of heaven. Pour them out blessings that they don't have room enough to receive. Shower them with the blessings in favor of God. Bless and prosper your people. Give them more than enough. Let them experience prosperity. And let them be successful. And Father, for we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. There you go. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Everybody stand up on your feet. Let me bless you as we get ready to leave. As soon as we're done, anybody that is um, in leadership or that works in ministry, come into the back. That includes you, Franny, in the back. (laughs) I want to see you. All right, let me bless you. The Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious and merciful and kind to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, grant you his holy peace in Jesus' matchless name. Or anybody say, I'm blessed and I can't be cursed in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen. Alright, bless you, love you Have a great rest of your day Remember Thursday, 5pm We have Let's Talk with Pastor Gavin Taylor We are have a great um service So make sure you tune in to Facebook Or on YouTube Alright, bless you Play this soundtrack If you see someone in need Meet them where they at. If you see someone that's hurt Hit them where If you ever see a problem on, Solve it with the fact. If the Father put you through it Trust me, trust me If you see someone in need where they if you see someone hurt, Come fellowship with us at the Love of Jesus Church of North North, led by pastors Gavin and Tanya Taylor, where our mission is to find a need and meet it, find a hurt and heal it, find a problem and solve it.